Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode... You know that wonderful run, you come back and you had the sense of flow and you think, oh, I can't have been that fast. And then you, then you look and you go, actually, it was. How is that possible? Because I wasn't trying harder. I think we need to interrupt that association of trying harder with better results. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. We are back. We're ready. We're fired up. And I am freezing. <laughs> Can't believe how cold it is. <laughs> I mean, my, my face, my face is numb. It's yeah. red and numb. I had a shower just before we started to record the show. I didn't even need a shower. Seriously, I was looking at the time thinking, oh, Pete's always a couple of minutes late before we record. It'll be fine. I thought, I can, make, I can do this. I can make this. So I had to jump in the shower purely to warm up. Didn't need one. I'm a clean boy anyway mm. this morning. But I just needed to get warm. It was one of those where you just, you can't get out of the shower. Runners listening to the show will relate to this. It's like the post-long-run shower where you get in there and you're like, I ju- I'm just going to stay here until until Monday. Yeah, it was so cold the other day. In fact, it was not last night, it was the night before. I had a shower just to keep warm. And then, like you say, I didn't want to get out of there. And I ended up, I felt I felt weird. I ended up um, sitting down in the shower. <laughs> I just sat there. <laughs> People are knocking on the door going, can I use it? First of all, irritation, can I use the toilet? And I'm going, no, I'm in the shower. And then about 10 minutes later, more knocks at the door. But it's out of concern for my safety. <laughs> Are you still in the shower? <laughs> yes, I am. What are you doing in there? Showering. Leave me alone. It would be funny if they just burst through the door and saw you sat in the shower. Well, I didn't want that to happen. There. <laughs> it's not a it's not a good image as I sat there in the shower looking down Do at you, my at my Buddha-like body. Obviously I'm down in <laughs> Bristol here. You're up in Derby. I'm I'm interested to know what it's like in the East Midlands, Pete, because down here it is very, very cold. Yeah. I mean, it is it is freezing. What's it like up there? Yeah, bloody cold. Next question. <laughs> it is. I mean, I just looked out the window then and um one of the neighbours walked past with their dog and the dog has got a coat on and I'm one of these people who usually sees dogs with coats on and I go that's absolutely ridiculous what a ridiculous thing to do to your creature it's already got the best kind of built-in coat but on this occasion I was looking at that puppy and I was just thinking god you look that I, I'd like one of those you need to double coat it on a day like today I'm supposed to be running later but I'll be honest I'm, I'm kind of like oh maybe maybe I just do I, do I class it as a rest day? Wow. Do, do I just make it a rest day and run tomorrow? It's just so cold. Can you feel your balls? Usually, yeah, but right now, way too cold. I'm not interested in that right now. That's precisely my point. <laughs> right? Well, that's that's a good measure, isn't it, of just how just how cold it is. It's so cold. It's like those, they have disappeared. They have gone back to where they came from. Honestly, it's Bad like news, that. isn't it? It's, it's bad really, news. It really I, is, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, for females listening to the show, it's fingers. All about the fingers. Can it's you feel your fingers? fingers. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's the barometer. That's the measure. Guys, mm. it's all about balls. If I can't feel my balls, I know it's very cold and I'm considering having a rest day. It's just the way it goes. If I can't feel my balls, my fingers are next. I'm going, oh no, my fingers are next. I better get a pair of gloves. Do you know, it's interesting you mentioned gloves, Pete, because this is something that I think causes quite a lot of confusion. A lot of my runners have been talking about this recently in the whatsapp group that we've got yeah and obviously when it's cold out there and you're running when your fingers are cold it is it's just not nice and all you're thinking about is i can't feel my hands i can't feel my hands mm. i can't feel my hands it's just a bit of a nightmare but i think some people get it wrong a little bit you know how so with the glove thing well well i've certainly 
got it wrong in the past because I, I do actually suffer with really cold hands to the point where I thought a few years ago oh is it, is it that like Raynaud's you know where you just kind of lose you get that tingling and my missus has got that it's it's miserable yeah. it's miserable when you when your fingers are so cold but I, I've got more gloves than I have running shoes which kind of gives you an idea of just how many pairs of gloves I have God, man. but I, th- I think you can make some mistakes with gloves how? so a few tips for you mm. first of all I think it's really helpful if you warm up properly before you leave the house. So if it is freezing out there and you think, oh, I'm just not up for this, what happens is you go out there for a run, you end up running too quickly because mm. you just want to get warm quicker because you think that's the best way. So then your body says, oh my gosh, divert all blood to the working muscles, get this guy, get this girl's legs <laughs> moving, get them warm. So obviously the blood kind of goes from your fingers, your extremities, so that's where you can get that kind of horrible feeling and it doesn't set you up well for the run. So that's the first thing. If you do a proper warm-up in the house, like some mobility, a proper warm-up routine, and you may want to spend 10 even 15 minutes properly warming up before you get out there on a really cold day i guarantee you will have a far better run it will be more enjoyable and you won't be thinking for the first 10 20 minutes oh my gosh i just want this to be over because you know i cannot feel my hands Mm. the second thing is on the subject of gloves is windproofing so making sure you've got some nice windproof gloves because even if they're thick and they're warm and all this kind of stuff if you haven't got that wind protection it's really windy out there well your hands are are, are exposed to the wind aren't they effectively so uh, it's really important that you get some windproof thing and the key 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 thing is make sure they're not too tight it's really easy to think yeah let's get a proper fitting pair of gloves and i'm gonna you know put it on my hands like i'm about to perform an operation but what you do is you squeeze all the air out of the glove and it's the air that surrounds your fingers and your hands that actually provides the insulation wow i had no idea So that warms up and it's the air that keeps you warm so to be honest, the best pair of gloves I've got for running are a pair of like walking gloves where they're just almost quite quite loose. Right, So yeah, it just yeah, means yeah. that my fingers are a lot warmer. And the other thing you can do is get a pair of glove liners, which works really well. So effectively a second pair of gloves where you can get these that are kind of made out of merino wool or whatever. You put them on and then you put your normal regular pair of gloves over the top. That can really help just like that double insulation. But it, honestly, it works so well. Wow. How you turn that around from feeling your own balls to talking about gloves in such a credible way i've no idea but you managed it wasn't even a challenge wasn't even a challenge of course if you do go with a glove lining option just remember that if you go on a 10 mile run with your partner in freezing conditions and they forget their gloves don't offer them your spare pair at mile nine (laughs) martina was not happy on sunday i'm telling you she was freezing her balls off (laughs) for the show notes and video content Go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. I'm very excited to introduce today's guest. It is none other than Joanne Elphinstone, who is a performance movement and rehabilitation specialist, physiotherapist, author, and creator of GEMS, which is Joanne Elphinstone Movement Systems. Going to get into this. But first of all, Joe and welcome to the show. Pleasure to have you on. Oh, it's such a delight to be invited, Jake. I was really excited to get your message and I'm really looking forward to where this discussion takes us today. Who knows? If you've not listened to the show, I can give you a heads up. We have no idea where this conversation will go. That's how we roll. <laughs> That's perfect for me then because I'm known for going down rabbit holes and uh, so we're going to be a match made in heaven. We're going to go for it. <laughs> we were just talking actually before we started recording 
feeling. That obviously we've got you on Zoom. We, we we can see you on the video. It's just nice to see a face, isn't it? At the moment, we're missing that contact with people. You were saying you want to get back yeah. to working with people. You you're very busy into lots of different things at the moment. Tell me a bit about what you what you're up to at the moment, Joanne. As everybody is experiencing thing at the moment, we are making a bit of a shift because up until now, my life was about flying around all over the place doing lots of workshops with people, teaching, um, you know, facilitating people moving beautifully. That was my consultancy with performers and, and regular people as well. Uh, but of course, that is not the uh, the case at the moment. So we are in the business of shifting everything online. Um, but hey, you know what, there's a silver lining to everything because now I can talk to people all over the world without having to get in a plane so that's marvelous but i can also talk to more different kinds of people with different interests so i can now um i can expand from i've been teaching professionals for so many years but now i can i can actually reach out and talk to people directly about the things that they really care about so um yeah it's it's a really exciting time um and a challenging time but it's all good listen i want to talk to you get into your expertise about this phrase, this wonderful phrase that you use, which is beautiful movement. And I really like that. I really like that. And I, I want you to tell me a bit about what that actually means. For people that don't know, what is beautiful movement? Oh, Jake, it's such a great question and such a big question. You've got you know, 30 minutes. So the time starts. This. Right. <laughs> Go. <laughs> that is the only question you wanted to ask, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> we're done after that. Oh, okay. Well, um, it's an interesting thing because when you ask people, you know, do they move beautifully? They'll say, oh, well, no. You know, that's like athletes or dancers. They're people who have this natural gift. It's something that you're somehow born with. But I don't move beautifully. But actually, that's a misunderstanding understanding of what beautiful movement is and I think I really do believe that everybody can learn to move more beautifully so what is it I mean if we see somebody and we say oh look they do move beautifully what do we see well mostly we say well they make it look easy so what's that you know making it look easy and it's something I talk to my clients a lot about because people often come and they show me the exact opposite they show me trying hard and you know I do a lot of work around what the brain does with movement and to say to people, well, the funny thing is that if you keep trying hard and you keep telling your brain that doing this is, this is hard and I'm going to make an effort and hopefully one day it's going to turn into easy, we can fast track that, you know, and I say to my, all of my clients, no matter what they're doing, make it look easy. And they, they might be deadlifting four times their body weight. I'm still there going, make it look easy or they're recovering from a surgery, I'm still going to say make it look easy because the brain makes arrangements to, front, to, to facilitate that. Whereas if we do try hard, and let's face it, our society is set up for trying hard. Everyone admires a trier, you know? And what it really says is they try hard, they're probably not going to succeed, but bless them, bless their little hearts, they're mm. trying hard. And actually, let's just go for the, make it look easy and help the brain to make the arrangements to get that to happen. I really like that. So that's the first thing. I really like that. Yeah? It's, it's, almost like, it's almost like practice makes permanent. It's, if you're going to practice something, yes. you, want, you want to practice the quality, the quality movement to then make it, I, yeah. I guess, correct me if I'm wrong here, Joanne, but to make it habitual, you, you've got to consciously think about it initially, which can be tiring and draining and there's a skill attached to that. But then eventually, hopefully, it happens automatically. So in the case of our audience, runners that are out there that want to improve how they run, the biomechanical action, the movement of running, surely they've got to think about it consciously initially. 
and then move into that kind of automatic space, as it were. Is, is that is that fair to say? I would say yes and no. Okay. Now I'll tell you why. Um, because the conventional way that we always thought about it was to think about the biomechanics. And I see so many runners who've been taught a lot to think about. And they run like they have a handbrake on the whole time. You know, just like, what do you actually want to do? I mean, sometimes I ask them, which direction are you trying to move in? And they look at me like I'm an idiot. And I'm like, forward, of course. I'm like, well, everything about you is screaming backwards. I mean, if you want to go forward, go forward. And we, you know, and I'm there kind of, I mean, if I'm there face to face with someone, I'm like slapping my chest going, send that out over the horizon. Shine that light of your sternum out over the horizon. That is where you're going. And it is amazing what happens to their biomechanics. All of their biomechanics changes when you clarify for the brain what we're actually trying to do here. So the goal. The, yeah, what is your actual intention? I mean, surely when you want to go and run and you want to enjoy a run or run well, that is your intention. I, I want to actually go from here to there. I want to enjoy it. I want it to flow forward. So let's just clarify that. But I can, I can tell you that nine out of 10 runners throwing their trainers on and going out the door have no idea about that whatsoever. You know, they've probably been taught various things to think about, stay up, you know, keep your core on, all this kind of stuff. So they do have a brain cluttered up with all this stuff and that's kind of that conventional model where you keep thinking about that enough until it becomes automatic. Mm. And then you come visit me and then I systematically unpick it all again because a lot of it is actually putting the handbrake on because running is all about the flow of forces through the body. So you don't want to hinder that forward momentum. You want to roll with it. Exactly. It's all about rolling with it and feeling how forces are moving through your body in your direction of intention. We have a meeting of mechanics with the actual, you know, the brain and our nervous system, and even our emotions are part of this. You know, if you're going out going, look, I'm, I'm, it's going to be hard and it's going to be a slog, but eventually if I keep practicing, it's going to feel better. What if we just went out going, I am the wolf, I am, I often say to people, if you've ever watched one of those nature documentaries and you see a wolf pack and there's a buffalo herd and you'll watch the wolves and they will lope for hours on end, uphill and down dale with this loose-limbed forward focus on that herd and they just keep going with ease and I'm just like, just go out there and be the wolf. It's about taking away the baggage and just mm. keeping it with your intention. I'm going to, next time I go for a run, and that won't be a for a while because it's bloody cold out there. <laughs> it is. Um, but I'm definitely going out as a wolf because <laughs> normally I go out as a lumbering fool. <laughs> and I'm very consciously a lumbering fool. I never even thought I was a runner. I just think, I just go out thinking I'm an idiot, I don't know what I'm doing, but next time, grrr, <laughs> wolf. Ooh, I like that. I'm next Thank a bit you. of grrr. Yeah, so do I. yeah do I like you, the grrr. That's brilliant. And you know, people, so many people have come back and said, do you know what, I did that and I've gone from running 3K terribly to running 10K for fun. And mm. what have you done? You've changed your wiring. You've changed what's happening in the brain and the brain has made arrangements in the rest of your body 
to start to manifest that intention. Yeah, we do talk about mindset a lot, don't we? we I mean, we deal with that a lot on the podcast, and uh, and this is really going into and, and and going really even deeper than that, isn't it? I yeah. guess this is. I, yeah. This, this yeah. is why it's Absolutely. so good. Absolutely, because mindset is still keeping it very much in the the thinking brain. You know, mm. the, that bit of the frontier, which is remembering, thinking, getting your, you know, getting your, your head straight. But we're going way deeper than that. We're going into, yeah, yeah. it's the difference between your brain and your mind. Mm. What I'm talking about is how you're actually driving the brain, which is very different to how we organise the mind. I think the classic, the yeah, classic yeah. kind of feeling amongst runners, Joanne, is that they, not just runners, but, but specifically, obviously, these are people that I work with a lot, they put pressure on themselves. They're not as fast as they want to be. They don't look like a proper runner. The kind of things Pete was mentioning there, the classic photo when we are able to have uh, take part in a race at the end, the finishing photo when you it the, the movement doesn't look beautiful. What I'm really mm. interested to know and get into your thoughts, get your thoughts on this is what's the link here between when we talk beautiful movement, feeling like it's beautiful mm. versus the aesthetics the look does that make some sense to you because i think people listen to the mm-hmm. show maybe think oh beautiful movement i'm just it's how it looks but mm-hmm. as you've mentioned and you talk about kind of wildlife programs and things it's how it feels as well that relaxation if something feels like you if you feel like you're moving well then surely there's a greater chance that you are absolutely and i'm so glad you brought that up jake because that gets us into the other huge part of my work which is this experience of embodiment and what that is and when you see a beautiful mover mover they know the experience of where they are in their body where their body is in space and how forces are moving through them and that could be an elderly person moving with confidence and independence in the community It can be a child who's exploring lots of different movement experiences and they're adaptable and, and, you know, they can handle change. Or it can be, as you say, the runner. And I do think that, you know, as human beings, we have this extraordinary capability and so many people feel that they're exempt from that because of this sense that you're expressing there. But actually, if you are feeling it, if you're feeling the beautiful runner, it's happening anyway. Yeah, you, you can actually feel where you're going. You can feel that you're embodying your intention rather than focusing on the clump, clump, clump. Kind of <laughs> you've seen, you've seen that, me run. That piece has been expressing. Okay. That's the noise it makes. That's actually what happens. That's just his left leg. Oh, there we go, you know. Um, I mean, that in itself is interesting, Pete, because actually sometimes, you know, we use the auditory information to help people to understand this as well. It's just like, what mm. is the difference in the sound that you're making when you're thinking forward um, compared to just getting one leg in front of the other because a lot of that means that your forces tend to be going more down than they are going mm. forward sure, and sure. and you hear it but you feel it as well don't you so it's it's mm. what you say jake that when you're feeling that it's more beautiful it it pretty much guaranteed will be I think that's really interesting, you know, because this is something I consciously try to apply myself. Even as a coach, I I, I run myself. I, I enjoy running, which is obviously what naturally mm-hmm. kind of made the step to, to into helping others. But when I'm out there myself, I do, I don't always get this right, but I try to enjoy the feeling of movement. And mm-hmm. the reason I say that is I try 
to not connect that to pace, which I think yeah. a lot of runners do. So my question yeah. for you really, and you, you've sort of answered it in, in what we're talking about here, but if something feels good, then it is good or there's a greater chance that it's good movement, allow it to happen rather than looking, in the case of runners, at your watch, realising you're not running quite as fast as you hoped or thought you were, and then you sort of, you, you that feeling goes, that great feeling of movement and kind of almost self-recognition, and this feels good, I'm in the moment, it sort of dissipates. Does that make some sense? Because you go, oh, no, I'm not running as fast as I was, and, and you've lost that moment. Oh, completely. And then that then leads to increasing tension, you know, because it starts to get the, oh, I need to try harder. And where do we get the try harder from? You know, when I ask someone, if they, if they want to pick it up, then open it out. But it's the opposite of what most runners will do when they have that moment of looking at the watch. Instead, the tension goes up, the effort goes up, and it actually goes in the opposite direction. Um, and as you say, then it starts to feel tough, you know, and you lose that sense. And it's so interesting when people come back and say, listen, I, I didn't look at the watch because we sometimes talk about that. Just like, go out there, listen to it, feel your rhythm. Because to be, I mean, it sounds strange. Sometimes we have to teach people how to feel. We're not taught how to feel in our society. We're, we're taught to just try and control everything from mind over matter. So when we actually aren't very literate with how to feel what our bodies are doing. So we try to make it do something instead. And and you do lose that sense of flow. You know, that you know that that yeah, you know, that wonderful run you come back and you had the sense of flow. And you think, oh, I can't have been that fast. And then you then you look and you go, actually, it was. It was actually better. How how's that possible? Because I wasn't trying harder. And that's that, you know, I think we need to interrupt that association of trying harder with better results. Because we're kind of taught that from school, aren't we? Try harder, you will get better results. But it doesn't happen that way. And you look at any sport at top level, and there's going to be a moment where someone says, oh, tightened up, look, tightened up. Why? Suddenly the try hard starts to happen. The tension goes up. The neuromuscular coordination changes. The muscular load increases then. So now we're using more actual muscle to, to make it happen, and maybe you will. Maybe you will have a slightly faster time, but it's at great cost, because if you're going to use that strategy every time, then we're pushing your body into a place where it becomes unsustainable, and people start to pick up injuries, which are really annoying. And this is almost like an overthinking, is it? Is that where it kind of comes from? Now, this whole Is there a connection there with trying harder? You know, thinking about everything, changing this, practicing this, and it it almost becomes too much. It's almost how do you know where to shift to shift your attention? And it's and I, and just thinking as I as I listen to what you're saying here, this awareness, it it it's got to come from that. But that's not easy, is it, to have this heightened sense of awareness? You know, the feeling we're not taught to feel things. How, how do you mm, mm, have you got any practical tips on how people can? can gain that sort of sensation and that awareness of, of how they feel when they move? Again, that's a huge mm. thing because um, the ability to be in our bodies is, is hugely variable from person to person. And, and for some people, they may have had trauma in their lives, which has made actually being in their body feel like an unsafe place to be. And that's not easy. And then we have to just kind of gradually 
make it safe to be back in the body again. Um, and there's a lot of techniques we use for that. It's a whole it's a whole other subject, really. But for the average person who who hasn't necessarily had that, but they just haven't connected with themselves. I, I often start with the feet. Just, and people say, of course I can feel my feet. I'm just like, all right, well, should we just have a little play? Just Let's just sit here and just see if we can move the pressure around different surfaces on the feet. And then we'll stand up and we'll do the same thing. And then let's step forward and feel, can you feel where that transitions through your foot? And they're like, oh, do you know, I've never noticed that before. And like, well, should we go out and have a little little jog here and just see if you just think about that and just feel, where do you think it's going? Is it going off the outside or the inside? Is it going through or is it not going through at all? There isn't a right or wrong answer. That's the important thing when teaching people to feel, which is like, I'm not interested in whether it's right or it's wrong. I'm just interested in what is. And if we can identify what is, then we can invite the nervous system to say, okay, well, what else is there? What other possibilities might there be? And then you start this process of self-investigation. And then people start coming back and telling you, oh, do you know, I noticed this. And you're like, you're away. You know, I love it when we talk about, you know, people who have difficulty running undulating surfaces of their knees. And, you know, talking about the fact that often what happens is they brace themselves against the downhill and then they store all the forces which amplify in the knees and I'm just like well do you know I want you to start feeling for when you've got the handbrake on and it can happen on the flat as well people don't realize you know they're creating these braking forces and when they start to realize oh actually yeah when I when I when I go through my left leg I go forward but when I go through my right I don't I'm like okay well all I'm going to tell you is can you find the forward I'm not going to put you into your hip and your foot and your knee and your squeezing your glutes and all the stuff that people get told. I'm going to tell their brain, find the forward. I'm going to support you to, you know, as you experiment with that. But it's there's so many things involved. But the first thing is just understanding, oh, I'm putting the handbrake on. Maybe I should just take the handbrake off and see what happens. And then we get the forward flow again. It's important to have this embrace this self-discovery with mm. movement and, and particularly I sense with running as well people want to make progress they want to run forwards mm. in that direction but actually you've got to embrace that okay I'm going to give myself some space on today's run this this easy four or five mile that I'm going to do the boring loop the mm. same loop that I always do the weather's not particularly favorable but actually I'm just going to dial into myself on today's run what's going on how does it feel? Let's take Joanne's advice. Let's think from the ground up. Your feet are the contact point. That's what hits the ground first, right? They take the load, the force, and then I guess it's how it's distributed up up the body. What happens next? But it's got to, you've got to have a starting point. And I think it's quite fun as well. You know, it gives you something to think about, Joanne. Just to, you know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, oh, I, I completely know what you mean because I'm one of those people who never likes to go out with headphones. It's quite funny, here we are doing a podcast and I get a little bit mystified because I'm just like, when are people doing all of the listening? <laughs> because they're like, oh, when you're out for a run. I'm like, well, I'm never using a headphone when I'm out for a run. I've got too much to pay attention to. Not thinking about, but just the feelings of how how is my body interacting with the surfaces today? How is my body feeling the flow? If I've been sitting at the computer for ages, um, you know, have I... I mean, I, I always make sure that I lighten up before I go for my run and I get my body a little bit excited so that my first, you know, part of my run isn't this horrible, heavy, clumpy thing where my muscles are just 
have no idea. They're just still climbing out from underneath their duvet after having sat for so many hours. So I want to make sure it's all lit up. And then, yeah, I'm just, it's so interesting to find out where am I? Oh, am I falling a little to the right? Oh, okay. Well, maybe I can just bring myself back to the center again and see how that, oh, okay. That makes it feel better. Now I'm flowing through my right side again. There's so much that's fun. And it's not the same thing as must remember to stay upright, must remember to squeeze glutes, must remember to, you know, all of that kind of stuff that people get told. Um, that's just an exercise in remembering things. Sure. It's funny you should mention that, you know, because I said to you, Jake, didn't I, a couple of weeks ago, I normally, I'm always listening to stuff when I go out and I don't, I don't run very often, but when I do, I do, I, I, I've always got stuff in my ears and then the batteries ran out on my headphones. So I was like, oh no, I've, I've only got about half a mile left to go just to, just around the block really. Um, and I, I'd bin the headphones or I put them in my pocket and then I actually really started to enjoy it. For the first time ever, because I don't enjoy running. <laughs> I genuinely don't enjoy. It's bloody awful. Um, but I started to actually enjoy it, and I heard. I, I enjoyed the feeling, and I enjoyed the sounds, and I enjoyed the whole experience, and, and just feeling like you're out there doing it. And I extended the run and, and went much further. I told you that the other day, didn't I? That's very much about being in the moment, isn't it, Joanne? Rather than I think people yes. will listen to to podcasts or. Uh, you know music or whatever it is as a distraction of some something to take them away from that moment because actually perhaps like pete they're they're just oh gotta get out there and run and i want the feeling afterwards and i want to increase my fitness and i want to reduce the risk of a heart related disease but actually i just want to be somewhere else when i'm out there and if you can kind of go back to almost basics is what i'm sensing from what you're saying here and start from inside and go okay let's connect with the body again it changes things utterly and it becomes a mindful practice you know, people say, oh, I run for relaxation. So they put their headphones on and basically just blast themselves <laughs> to just try and, yep, guilty. you know. <laughs> and you, you kind of come home with that kind of slight feeling of exhaustion and you think, okay, that did it. But what if you actually used it also as a, as a way to become present? Mm. And I'm not saying that you can't also. I mean, yeah, I find that, you know, as my time out there progresses it starts off with a lot of like brains filing things thinking about things and, and it's so interesting like, with the weather for example you, you 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 can think oh this is just miserable or then you suddenly become aware of how it actually feels when it's contacting your skin and you become much more aware of mm. that and then you start to think actually it's kind of nice to feel the elements and I'm part of it and I'm part of the whole environment that I'm in And it changes the whole perspective from something that just has to be got through. Tick, done my run, okay, it's on the diary, logged it, into something that you really look forward to. I wonder what I'm going to find out today. And and that can lead into gratitude as well, right? Because instead of thinking, you know, as a a skilled physiotherapist, experienced physiotherapist working with people as you have done over the years, that when people are injured... Oh, I just want to go back out there and run in this case. I, ju- I would just love to be out there in the hail and the snow with the wind feeling <laughs> awful. But of course, when they're not injured, it's like, oh, I'm not really up for it today. I can't really be bothered to get out there. Yeah. I'm going to listen to some music <laughs> and distract myself for this run. Yeah, there's two sides to that too, of course, because there's the being, I mean, I, I had a long period of time where I was unable to run. It's happened a couple of times in my life because of major accidents that have happened, things when it's not possible. And so for me, every run is a gift. 
It doesn't matter whether I think it's a good one or a bad one. There is no such thing anymore for me. But at the end of the day, um, that opportunity is, is so precious. But then the other thing about that, I'm not really up for it today, is sometimes we're not listening to our bodies and sometimes our body is just like, well, actually today isn't the day. I haven't really recovered. There's a lot going on in life. It's and and you know, it's funny, I joke with a friend of mine, it's just like, well, how come I could like I could run 10k yesterday and today I'm out of breath going up the stairs? Mm-hmm. Well, that can't be a fitness thing. Well, the thing that's happened is that something stressful's happened, you haven't had a good night's sleep, and there's a lot going on. And when you think about I, I had planned to run today. Everything about the body is just saying no. But then we get this whole, oh, I must, you know, I must have the mental toughness to go out. Whereas again, if we're listening to our body, we can actually go, do you know what? Maybe today isn't the day. And, or maybe today's a going out for a walk day or something else. Mm. And I always find that if I do that and I listen, the next run is wonderful. I, I always say to my, to my um, runners, life it, doesn't follow a plan. So for those people thinking, yeah, but this session's on the oh. plan. And you're saying, Joanne, well, <laughs> you just need to listen to the body. And it's that balance. It's a bit of a, uh, again, the heightened, the better sense you have of your own being and wellness, the easier it is to make the right call, I guess. And I really like what you said earlier, you know, talking about mm. pre-running is getting in that. I forget the phrase you used, but it was being getting yourself in the right space and kind of alive and light the fire, I think you may have said. And I, I could really relate yeah. to that. I smiled when you said that because when I do my long run at the weekend, typically that's when I'll clean the house. I'll clean the house before. Because if I've been <gasps> in bed for several hours or perhaps I've been up doing a little bit of work before and sat at the desk, I'm not stimulated physically, mentally. I'm not in the right running space. That's what I mean. And by just getting up, moving, cleaning Absolutely. the house, it kind of wakes me up physically and mentally. And and from that point, I can then ascertain whether that day is the right day to run. Does that make sense? I can make an informed choice. Oh, I love that, Jake. That's brilliant. I can honestly say in all these years, no one's ever used that technique that I've heard of, the cleaning the house measurement scale. But what a brilliant way for you to be able to actually connect with is, you know, how, how am I in my body today? And how ready is my body? Um, and it's an absolutely wonderful. I think it works really well. I've got to yeah, say, I out mean, of all the guests that we've had on, Joanne is possibly one of my favourite ever. Just because, oh. you, essentially, you're saying, listen to your body, and my body is saying, do you know what? It's a run day today, but I'd much prefer to not have a run and to have a beer. Listen to the wolf, Pete. Listen to the wolf. I'm listening to the wolf. The wolf Listen to the wolf. The wolf is thirsty. That's, that's, that's what the wolf is. Well, I think the, the, the actual, the, the key there was the first thing you said. Today is a run day, but I'm thinking mm. it's not a run day. So, um. I think it's not a run day. Yeah. It's like you that's read my mind, you, then. Well, sometimes you do have to do what Jake does. I mean, you know, uh, I have literally had days where I've got, got uh, I've put my kit on. I've gone and I'll tend to go and like do various kinds of movement practices. I'll roll around the floor and I'll, you know, I'll jump about and I'll have a bit of a boogie and I'll slap myself around a bit. And, and then, you know, once I've done all that and I'm thinking, I sometimes I even get out the door mm. and I'm still thinking it's a run day. And then suddenly I realize like, it, you know, it's just so not a run day. 
So, and I'll end up walking it. But then there's other days when I think, okay, I hadn't planned for it today. And I do the same little routine and go, oh, it's so a run day. Mm. Um, And then off we go. So, you know, that whole, you know, I love what you're saying, Jack, about, you know, the plans and, and the old Eisenhower quote, which I can only paraphrase, which is, you know, that that plans pretty much aren't very helpful, but planning is indispensable. Mm. And, and indispensable. So the fact is that we might be doing the planning, but the plans have to be flexible. It's been amazing talking to you on the show, Joe. And I could I could chat to you all day, quite frankly. Um, have you got much on later? Should we just carry on? Should we just carry on chatting? A bit <laughs> like the uh, longest show oh, yeah. oh, yeah. ever. That's fine. We're okay with that. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, Jake, but I d- yeah, I mean, once you get me going, I'm, I'm quite happy to chat about all of this we stuff all day. We love passionate so. guests. Joanne, if people want to catch up with you and what you're up to and follow you, where can they do that? Most of what I post uh, about my thoughts uh, tend to go onto my Gems Movement Facebook page. So don't come and try and friend me as Joanne Elphinstone. That is just my family <laughs> holiday snaps and that will be of no interest to you whatsoever. But my Gems, which is J-E-M-S, Facebook page, that's where I do most of my posting. I do some light posting on Instagram uh, as well. That's at Gems Joanne. And of course, on the uh, the website, which is gemsmovement.com, there's lots of blogs and you know, there's more and more videos starting to go up there too. Um, so we've got a few different ways. And of course, as I start to get more of my stuff online, then every time I do that, it'll get announced, usually straight onto the Facebook page. Um, so yeah, come and join us there. And, uh, and Awesome. Join we will link uh, your Instagram account in the show notes page, which is uh, runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Joanne, we ask all of our guests this question. We cannot let you go without asking you. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. What does the word motivation mean to you? Oh, gee, there's an interesting one. We've got her, Pete, we've got her. What does motivation mean to (laughs) me? So I would say, um, number one, what is meaningful this week? I think meaning is huge because sometimes we are trying to motivate ourselves to do something that, yeah, we essentially don't feel is sufficiently meaningful. What is authentic? That's the next thing. Because again, it's if you are acting in a way that is congruent with yourself, it's much easier to be motivated. But if you're acting in a way that isn't, then it feels like you have to really beat yourself with a stick to make it happen. So I would go for meaningful and authentic. Absolutely love that. You've fired me up, Joanne. I can tell you that much. I'm going to run this afternoon. I'm going to be very mindful and dial into the body. And I mean that. I genuinely am. I'm going to... No headphones. I'm just going to get out there and just enjoy being present and putting one foot in front of the other and hopefully running forwards. That would be ideal. Flowing We need forwards. to flow. Absolutely. Tell me how it goes. I will I indeed. I'll keep you posted. It's been an absolute pleasure talking of flowing. You make sure you flow through the rest of the day, Joanne, and we will catch up soon. Have a good one. It's been such a pleasure, Jake. Thanks so much for inviting me. Running with Jake, the podcast. Your weekly dose of running motivation out every Wednesday. Never miss an episode by subscribing now. You know exactly what part of the show this is. It is Pete's. 15 seconds of fame. Patreon <laughs> Pete, the stage is yours. Don't call me that. The crowd go wild. <laughs> you make me feel like I'm begging. Don't do that. All it is, is it's the part of the show where I give you a chance, if you're listening, to go, yeah, really enjoy that. I, I feel guilty for not paying for it because, you know, you don't get anything in life for free, except for this podcast. Um, so if you do feel guilty about not paying for it, then feel free to take the guilt away 
and pay for it. All you got to do is go to our Patreon page. Um, you can get to it via runningwithjake.com um, forward slash podcast. There's the show notes, and at the top, there's a little banner. Uh, you click on the Patreon thing, and then all you do is you just donate a monthly amount. And can I just say thank you so much to Suzanne, uh, who has pledged some money to us. Um, we had a little bit of an email exchange um, this week with her, actually, just to first of all say thank you very much, and then for her to share her story with us, which is, she's great. She's she's what a lovely person. And, um, and, and then, uh, I think it's fair to say that you went a bit too far with the information that you shared. Uh, about me? about my toilet habits. Yeah, wait, well, it's like I, you've I never, just... even met, never even met, and then you're telling her about our toilet habits. What's going on there? What are you, what well, are you, you know, she's she a nice lady, Suzanne. We exchanged a few messages. She, she, she even sent us a selfie of her after the London Marathon, a, a, a post-run selfie from last year, which was awesome. So I, I thought, oh, we're doing the sharing thing. And I just said that, you know, listeners like you, it makes it... Worthwhile tolerating Pete's 14 toilet breaks during every podcast recording session. Which is true. Which is true. I keep, I'm keeping a tally. I like to keep it to an even number, okay? That's what I like You're to do. You're on 12. You've got two more and that's it. I know. Right now, this is the part of the show where we take one of your questions. It is indeed hashtag AskJake. And staying with the theme of very cold weather, today's question comes from Ben who wants to know how he can stay safe while still getting out there and running when conditions are icy. Now, this is a obviously a tricky one, Ben, because it does depend, first of all, just how icy the roads can be. And I think, to be honest, you're better off living to fight another day, in all honesty. I think when you are risking your safety and you're kind of looking out the window thinking, this doesn't look the best, do you really need to run that day? If you really want to get out there, then, of course, there is the option to, or really want to bank some miles, rather, there is the option to jump on a treadmill if you have access. Obviously, gyms are closed at the moment, so really, that's down to whether or not you have a, a treadmill in your house. If not, you can don a pair of off-road running shoes and you're probably fine that you will get a lot more traction running off the road than you will on the pavements but just stay very very cautious and one final thing i always think it's a tricky one when conditions are a little bit icy not super icy because it almost gives you a false sense of security and then all of a sudden a patch of black ice can uh, you know really throw you off balance when you're running around a corner and that's not what we want so stay safe live to fight another day would be my overall advice if you've got a running related question then it's hashtag ask jake or of course you can drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com that brings us to the end of today's show and we have a new pb pete you went to the toilet 13 times which is a pb by one i'm quite impressed with that quite impressed let's see if you can beat that next week we will indeed be back here next week for more running motivation this is your weekly dose of running motivation a massive thank you to our guest joan alfredston come on stop listing people just hurry up because i've got to go again come on Run safe get out there we will be back next week for more thank you running motivation i've just said that look just go to the toilets <laughs> we're out of here oh Oh. And one more thing. <laughs> Cold hands, warm heart, and frosty balls. Frosty balls.